From Smashing the Plateau, I'm David Schreiner-Khan with Going Solo. In this show, we discuss building your own successful business after a late career job loss. Who do I want to be every day when I wake up? How do I want to contribute? Today on episode 20 of Going Solo, I'm speaking with Trisha Manning. For 25 years, Trisha was employed at the same company. Facing an unexpected health crisis, Trisha's career as a corporate executive ended in 2016. Listen as we discuss how Trisha felt about her previously unanticipated decision and what she did to reprioritize her life. If you're trying to build your own business after a late career job loss and want to make more money faster with fewer mistakes along the way, sign up for a complimentary Going Solo action planning session now. Go to goingsoloplan.com. That's goingsoloplan.com. Now, let's welcome Trisha. Trisha, you've had a long, successful corporate career. What were some of the highlights? Wow. Well, it was long, <laughs> 25 years at the same company. I would say for me, uh, a lot was luck in that I started right out of school with this amazing organization that at that time was really considered a startup. So early on, I was able to work with the uh, founders of the company. And that truly was a blessing because I had an opportunity to really understand the culture deeply and and was able to really get that firsthand from those five founders of this great growth organization. So that was a key highlight and laid a really great foundation for me. Over the years, I elevated into various leadership positions and really and truly, it didn't matter necessarily what department I was leading or what additional responsibilities I was asked to take on. I was really just loving the role that I had that I had as a leader. And so the ability to really leave a mark and and help others to be successful. And so I was able to do that in a number of different roles. And so that really resonates and sits with me um, even today in my work. And then, you know, just when people would ask me, oh my gosh, you've been at your organization for, you know, at that time, 15 years, 20 years, what has kept you there so long? And the same response would come to mind every time. And it was just the people. We just had a really an amazing ability to attract really talented, smart, committed, really well-intended people. And I loved the learning that came with that daily. You know, it's amazing. 25 years at the same company, there was a time in, um, it seems to me that in in the way people work, particularly in America, uh, 25 years was something that was uh, what many young people entering the workforce would aspire to. And, it, it, and it's, mm-hmm. it's amazing how our working world has shifted so much that today, 25 years seems like an enormous amount of time to to spend in one place. And I, I think if you were to talk to people who are in their 20s right now and ask them, do they expect to stay in one company for 25 years, I'm willing to bet the vast majority would say no. Yes, you are right about that. I think the, the average is two to three, really, for anyone in the in, younger in their career in the working world today. Um, and there's a lot of reasons for that. But I do feel 
you know, for me personally, it was, it was a blessing in that regard, but I felt like I was always learning. And so there was always growth opportunities, always learning going on. And so for me, it never felt like the same company. And, um, I don't know that that same, it's more rare in companies these days to, to feel that, you know, for these younger and career folks, it's rare to see organizations really strive to, to create that either. Right. And Trisha, what year did you leave your job? I wound down my um, career there at the end of 2017. And it was the end of 2016 that I had had significant event in my life that really started me thinking that it was time to go. Um, so it was a good year of a wind down, which came, you know, with with positives and negatives associated. But but I finally exited the end of seventeen. Mm-hmm. And was your transition out of employment something that you expected to happen? I really, in in looking back, I really never thought or had a reason to think about leaving. Like I said, you know, it was a it was a long career. I was one of the longest tenured people, certainly the longest tenured on the executive team. And I really took the accountability of the role that I played of culture carrier. And I loved the people and the ability to really impact them in a unique way. And so no, I didn't expect to leave until I had a significant change in my own life and and it was a, it was a health crisis that really woke me up you know to reprioritizing some things in my life and that was the that moment was the first time I had really considered like you know considered the thought of leaving the organization and and putting my family and myself first yeah you know a lot of people particularly after a long career of employment have some kind of trigger incident that mm-hmm. is not not self-generated right that that, yeah. that causes them to rethink their priorities and often ends up with um the end of end of the job um you know in some cases there's a shift in the marketplace or there's uh there could be a buyout and employment is ended because the the employer makes the decision. Mm-hmm. In some cases, like like in your case, there's a personal situation that has triggered a, a need to really make a major shift in the way one works. What I've observed is that in most of these cases, when there's some kind of outside trigger, there are a lot of emotions that are associated with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and I, want, I wonder how you felt once you realized what was happening and what you needed to do about it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was really tough for me. And I would say, I'm, I agree with you, whatever the reason is that somebody, you know, leaves their career, there's a lot of emotion that goes with it. There's a, there's a change curve (laughs) that everybody goes through, you know, everything from that early euphoria of like, okay, maybe this is good all the way through, you know, fear and uncertainty until finally, you know, what you hope is that people get to a point where they're able to focus forward. For me, it was, I felt a lot of guilt, to be honest, associated with it. So I knew that I was in a position 
that was unique and that there were signs telling me it's time to move on. But frankly, I did have a lot of guilt associated with leaving my organization of so many years and leaving my team and leaving the people. There was a lot of guilt on the other hand too, associated with just my family and what I knew I needed to do, which was focus on myself. I, I had been working, you know, the 70 hour work weeks and really putting my heart and soul into what the organization had going on at the time, which was a significant transformation. And it was the right thing to do, but it was really hard. And I second guessed myself even after I sat down with my CEO and, and we discussed my exit, I was second guessing myself, but I went through all of those emotions, you know, that, that you would go through uh, grief and, and um, sadness, but then also got on the other side of that and was able to focus forward. And what were some of the resources that helped you, helped you address some of these emotions of grief and guilt and, uh, and sadness and fear? Yeah. So yeah, fear is a big one too. I didn't mention that, but that, that is, is very real. So I was fortunate and I'll just go to kind of more the, the not so philosophical mechanics of things, but I was fortunate that even in negotiating my, my own exit, I, I did have resources from a, an outplacement perspective. So I was able to use resources with an outplacement firm that, that helped me focus on things like updating my resume, which I hadn't done in a really long time and, you know, had really helped me think about networking and think about, you know, the future. And even though at that point I was pretty sure I wasn't going to go back into the corporate world, just the activity associated with putting one foot in front of the other and moving forward was very helpful in, in moving me through. So one of the things that I do now in my coaching business and, you know, the work that I am now doing on my own, which I love, I do help people in career transition or in any kind of um, crossroads in their life. And um, career transition is a big one. But sometimes it's as simple as taking those initial steps, like updating your resume, <laughs> get out there on LinkedIn and make some updates. But then the other thing is, forcing yourself to open up those four walls that were maybe your your corporate four walls for so long and get out there and start meeting people and talking to people. And w- what you will find is that people really are intrinsically good and they want to help. So this whole idea of networking, which maybe seemed really scary, especially for me because I had been at this organization for so long and, and I wasn't I was networked within my organization, maybe not as networked outside of my organization. Um, that was that was a fear for me, but getting out there and, and doing that was really made a huge difference. And Tricia, how much did you know about what your next career move was going to be when you started doing the networking? Right. That's a great question. I wasn't clear really until I had been out of my corporate career for a few months. And so I'll tell you the, the one thing that helped me, and it really was a focus for me the first three months after I left my corporate career, I did take some time to detox (laughs) because 
sometimes that's important. And depending on what role you play in, in your organization, when you do leave um, or find yourself in that situation, sometimes you do need to spend some time just clearing your head a little. So I did spend time detoxing. But the other thing that I, I did was I focused on two questions. And I encourage people to do this if you're, you're in career transition. The first question was, who do I want to be every day when I wake up? And the second question that I focused on for myself was, how do I want to contribute? And I tried to focus less on what I was going to do next. So in jumping back into, you know, all those activities, like I mentioned, like updating your resume and getting out there and networking and LinkedIn and all that, you also, though, have to spend some time quietly, internally thinking about what your next chapter is going to look like. Who do you want to be every day when you wake up? How do you want to contribute? That provides guardrails for you in answering those two questions. Then when you do start to move in the direction of your next step, maybe that's, you know, looking at other jobs and interviewing, networking and talking to people and exploring, you have guardrails that you're working within and it makes it a little easier to discern and, and keep yourself focused. I see a lot of times when people, because of the fear, they leave one job and they jump right into something, the next opportunity that maybe isn't right, the right fit. And maybe they knew it, but they were, they were anxious to move forward with something and they didn't take the time to really think about themselves and the in the context of their ne- you know their next chapter. Yeah, I've certainly seen that happen quite a bit and and as you were talking about the initial moves that you've made to do some networking that were different kinds of networking that were outside of your organization. I was reflecting back on my own situation when I left employment in 2006, it was about a year later that I started doing some business networking and um and I actually joined uh, I joined BNI, which is a networking, uh, right, mm-hmm. networking organization, and I was forced to get up in front of a group of people who I didn't know all that well once a week, and give a pitch about myself, about what I, a, what I was doing, and b, what kinds of referrals I was looking for. And frankly, you know, my business was relatively new at that point. I did have consistent consulting clients, but in terms of like what I was looking for. I was like all over the place and mm-hmm. um and it was not really clear to me exactly. I didn't you know, like I was not super focused on a particular target market or knowing that there were certain kinds of business that would really be the best kind of business for me and there were other kinds that I really shouldn't have explored. So I think that initial networking piece can be really hard if you're not clear on what you want. Mhm. Absolutely. Yeah, one of the important lessons I know that I learned is it's just as important um, to be clear on what you what you don't want also as what you do want, right? And so going through that that exploration um, with yourself helps helps to really get clarity and focus so that you can be better equipped when you're putting yourself out there to lead yourself down the right path. Right, exactly. So, Tricia, you've now been on your own for two years. How long did it take till you felt like you were focused and you were you were on to to what you really wanted to pursue as a 
as someone who owns her own business? Mm-hmm. So I, I realized, like I said, I, I, first three months I did that exploration. And then I did at month three or month four, I did then make the decision that I was going to become a coach. <laughs> I knew that that's then what I wanted. And so I took then the opportunity to line up with that, what that meant. How do I make sure that I put my best foot forward and become the best coach I can be? And, and so I started down the path of certifications and I got my ICF uh, credential and went to school and went through that process. And so that was another few months um, of getting that teed up. So really and then interesting, um, when I made that decision, I felt so good about it. You know, I was able to really say to people, I am a coach. I am a leadership coach. This feels great. I love this. Shortly thereafter came this realization that that was, oh, wow. Okay. I am a leadership coach. I am also an entrepreneur. I am a, a business owner because you know, to uh, engage in that profession and do what I wanted to do. It came then with starting my own business. And that was a, that was a realization and presented then a whole nother host of fears and concerns and excitement and all of those feelings uh, came up again for me. But I would say it took me a full year to really get that business then put the stake in the ground, get my training and get that business launched and really feeling like I had, um, had my sea legs. So it was, a, it was within that 12 month period from when I left. Yeah. Delivering coaching services is a very different skill set than launching and running a small business. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and there are a lot of coaches out there and there's a coach for everyone. Um, not everyone is the right coach <laughs> for, you know, for individuals. And so that was a process too, going, going through that and really exploring within myself, what kind of coach I wanted to be and what clients I wanted to attract. And so that was that process that I went through, um, as well as then, you know, setting up that business and becoming a business owner. Yeah. What, you know, in hindsight, what do you wish you might have known about launching and running a small business at, mm-hmm. at the at the outset that you you know now? Mm-hmm. It probably took me a little longer than I would have liked to have understood the things of, in running a business that I that didn't bring me energy or that I wasn't as good at, and to pull the trigger on getting help in certain areas. So I think many business owners, including myself, you you jump in and you're you're new at it, you're learning, you you have you're wearing every hat. And some of that's really good because you can dig deep and and really understand what the needs are and and what the experience is for your customers and all that. But it also can be an accelerator if you quickly move through the process of understanding what things don't bring you energy, what things you aren't as good at that you can outsource, that can be an accelerator. And I probably took a little longer to pull the trigger on some of that than I, you know, than I would if I did it again. Mm -hmm. And what kinds of resources do you think 
are most helpful in understanding how to accelerate that process. Because if you accelerate it, I would imagine the end result is you can make more money, you can make money faster, you end up spending less time learning things, and you end up spending less on costly mistakes. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. So what resources do you think can help accelerate the process? Yeah. So funny, because for everyone, those things that you would outsource that you aren't necessarily as skilled at or that you enjoy are different for everyone, right? So with a with a small business, you're wearing every hat and there's a ton of things to choose from to work on or not work on. But there's a different formula for everyone. But what I would say is the best thing that I, I did, and I encourage people to do this as well, is go out there, start talking to people who offer all the different services. Go interview marketing companies, go interview media and PR companies, go interview. And when I say interview, I mean, meet people. And then when they tell you, Hey, I, I provide marketing services for a small business, talk to them. And it doesn't mean they're trying to, they might try to sell you or, you know, that you're their target market, but it doesn't mean you have to pull the switch, but go learn have the conversations to really understand what is out there. And because you'll quickly understand in in a few conversations, how different their level of expertise is, you know, beyond anything that you could have sat there and dreamed up yourself. If you're not great at marketing, you know, and promoting your services in your business or putting together your social media annual plan or whatever, and and you find yourself day after day, not making any traction against that to do that you know is important for your business. You can sit down with other people that do it for a living and understand very quickly how they can more strategically help help you. And then you might meet with people, you know, that might offer services that could help your business too. But but you think, you know what? No, after talking to them, I got that. That's okay. I can do that part. But this other area wow, somebody could really help me. It's being a continuous learner, continuing to, you know, put yourself out there and um, talk to people that have been through it or that play in that space. Yeah, it's a great piece of advice. So Tricia, fast forward to today. Who's your ideal client? Who do you work with? Mm-hmm. The majority of my um, business is in corporate world. So I work with corporations coaching senior leaders and and leader leadership teams and so i'm typically talking to heads of hr or um, heads of a function who are looking to bring a leadership coach on to help maybe with one of their employees and it could be readying them for the next role it could be a senior leader who was just promoted onto a new team and they want to offer you know them some leadership development support so that they can assimilate into their new role could be you know teams new leadership teams so new players on a team and and they need help you know forming and and norming <laughs> so but corporations corporations is my primary client sounds great and what kinds of outcomes are they trying to achieve mm. yeah so typically so I, I screen for coach coaching for success assignments. So 
One thing I, I did learn early on is that there are organizations that can bring in, want to bring in coaches just to exit somebody. So maybe they have a person that, you know, isn't performing and they want to bring a coach in to help, you know, exit that person. And that, that is something I screen for. I really am focused on coaching for success assignments. And I sit down with the executive sponsor to understand what does success look like? And typically it is, it's helping a leader elevate their leadership skills. So um, readying them for the next level and, or they're, they're in a new role and they really want to set them up for success. And so we're working on leadership development goals with that individual leader that helps set them up for success. It could be anything around helping them discern their priorities in their new role, helping them get the right talent on the team, helping them be an inspirational leader because the company is going through significant change. You know, those kinds of goals are goals that I set with the leader individually. We align with their sponsor and, and then it's a, it's a typically a six month engagement and we, we work on those goals and I am their accountability partner to make sure that they're, they're pushing forward and making progress toward what we've set. That sounds great. And looking forward, what are some of your aspirations for your business? So I love helping people. I'm in this to help see busy professionals who are managing it all personally and professionally, I want to help them achieve the success that they've set for themselves and and the goals that they have set. I help them achieve those goals. And I'm very passionate about helping them develop possibilities in themselves and how they show up as a leader. And so that work I love, I want to help as many people as I can. And so recently I also completed a book that I wrote about leadership. And one of the things that I want, that I want to you to do with that content is getting that message out there more broadly. And I will be working on building my speaking business this next year too, and doing more speaking engagements and workshops so that I can reach a broader audience. Um, the majority of my work today is, is one-on-one coaching, um, some team coaching, which is amazing, but to help more people and support more people, I'll be building out, you know, my platform around workshops and speaking engagements and group, more group work. Sounds great. Tricia, if someone wants to go deeper with anything you've shared today or learn more, where would they go? So you can visit my website, trishamanning.com, Trisha, T-R-I-C-I-A, manning.com. And you can find information about my services, uh, about my book. I also have a uh, free assessment that you could take. And in less than 15 minutes, you'll find out your heart leader score. So are you a leader with heart? And what are some things that you could do immediately to impact and encourage the hearts and minds of your, of your people? So there's an assessment on that website, but you can find all kinds of information about me and get in contact with me uh, there. Sounds great. Well, Tricia, thank you so much for taking the time to join us today and share some great insights, share your experiences, 
etc. My guest today has been Trisha Manning, Executive Leadership Coach with White Cap Coaching. Thank you again, Trisha, for joining us. You are welcome. Thank you. When you visit the Going Solo website at smashingtheplateau.com slash going solo, you'll find a summary of each episode along with the links we mentioned on the show. Today we learned how Trisha became an executive leadership coach after 25 years as a corporate leader and much more. If you are trying to build your own business after a late career job loss and want to make more money faster with fewer mistakes along the way, Sign up for a complimentary Going Solo action planning session now. Go to goingsoloplan.com. That's goingsoloplan.com. Please share this episode with friends and colleagues to help them learn how to build a successful business after a late career job loss. Thank you for taking the time to listen to our show. I'll see you on our next episode.